0: So that's two hundred and fifty dollars for each member of the crew. Three hundred for respect to the bosses up north, and five hundred for the clubs. Course you were supposed to have five times the amount. But what boss the pet? I don't wanna hear nothing about the goddamn bat. It's him!
1: It's him! It's...
0: shut it before I make you. Ah! Ah, you're not the Batman, whore. Ah, evening
2: officer. <laughs> they call me Superman you mm.
1: Are you still brooding because he called you a
3: cop? I'm not brooding. I'm thinking about what happened. Of course, which is completely different from brooding. It's not that he called me a cop. It's actually seeing him. I wrote him off as merely naive. Someone who didn't understand the necessity of the systems of the world. He was just punching his way through problems and wouldn't be a threat. Yes, and that's why you- But now, I see him for what he really is. And that is? A monster. It took me an hour to get into that building undetected. The first five floors are civilian housing. I entered through an empty fifth floor apartment and snuck my way up to the 12th. He entered through the front door and wasn't seen until he reached the 6th when he started attacking. Then, when he was done, he left the way he came. This occurred in under five minutes, and I could tell from the look in his eye that he was holding back. No man with that power, and especially that ideology, is safe to be around.
1: Ah, and do you see yourself needing to fight this man? Of course. What else do we do to monsters? And what does that make... I believe that would be the planet interview. Well, you'd better get changed unless you want Mr. Kent to join in on your, uh, fetish. <laughs>
3: Apologies, Mr. Kent. I had a rough night, and I needed to take a shower.
2: Not at all. Though, if you're going to be in just a towel for next week's interview, you might want to wear a cup. (laughs) I thought you were interviewing me. Oh no, I'm terrible at interviews. I'd probably just ask a lot of basic questions that wouldn't really go anywhere. Miss Lane's going to be interviewing you. I'm just here to get some comments from you for some pieces we're running. Hmm. Okay, firstly, during his presidential campaign, you were an adamant supporter of President Alan Scott. Since his election, he has advocated a bill which would increase taxes on the wealthy. What are your thoughts on that?
3: While I believe in his overall campaign to improve the living conditions of Americans, I don't see why he needs to punish those who did well for themselves
2: through their hard work. Moving on to more local matters, there has been some talk on the impact of the Batman on Gotham. What's your take on the mask vigilante? I think he's done this city a lot of good. We have a reporter from the Mayagani tribe who wishes to explore the ancestral caves beneath your house. May they? No. There was a break-in at the Metropolis branch of Luther Tech. No comment. How do you feel about the recent scandal with Mayor Byrne?
3: Regrettable. But then Gotham has had a long history of crime and corruption. I just hope people like Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon can make the city better than it was before.
2: Is it true that Wayne Industries is laundering money through various Swiss bank accounts to fund a, I'm sorry, but I can't say this one with a straight face, a, a Bat-moon base to get the Batman to work for Wayne Industries? No. Finally, do you have anything you'd like to share about the wilderness period of your youth before we make it public?
3: Make what public?
2: Oh, you know, the triplets from Paris, the magician in London, stuff like that. It's a pub piece, but sometimes you need to write them.
3: Oh, in that case, I think those stories speak for themselves. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Mr. Kent. It was all mine, Bruce. Before you go, there was something I've been meaning to ask you. Hmm? You're from Smallville,
2: aren't you? I grew up there.
3: Well, I think we met up when I was wandering America.
2: Sorry, Mr. Wayne, but before today, I had never seen your face.
3: Hmm. Oh well, it was nice talking to you.
1: I must say, I was rather shocked you didn't release the hounds on him when he asked about Moon Base. The hounds are saved for people who annoy me. The question remains, Bruce. Why did you keep him around? Follow me. I must say, there are some corners of the mansion even I haven't ventured into. Sometimes I wonder if Wayne Manor is bigger on the inside. Alfred, for the love of God... Do not finish that sentence. Very well, but I shall remain bemused by your awful taste in television. Now, why have you brought me to... How did you... How long have you been designing this, this conspiracy board? Long enough. Behold, Alfred, the
3: secret history of Superman. Man ages to death before wife's eyes. A number of red and blue blurs were spotted in the sky shortly after the man died. Young boy single-handedly stops Pepe Sylvia. His name was withheld, but they noticed speed as being faster than a speeding bullet. Local farmer claims time travelers stole his cattle. In his third interview with Lois Lane, Superman mentions going to the future. My point is, Smallville is the epicenter of strangeness in America
1: black hole where everything is odd and at the heart of it all meteor shower strikes farmland thomas and martha wayne murdered bruce the same night
3: alfred they happened the exact same night now There have been rumors that Superman is from space. Rumors I have proven to be true thanks to the existence of kryptonite as well as careful examination of Superman when in contact with the rock. I'll test it later tonight to see if I can't replicate it with earth metal. Normal humans are not affected by the space rock, whereas it brings him immense Pain. Thus, he must be an alien, and yet he clearly affects an American accent rather than some alien, uh, unknown accent. And while most would attribute that to him trying to sound safe and secure, I notice that it's too Bruce, perfect to be of such Master a nature. Thus, he must have a secret identity, Please. of which I've narrowed down to three possibilities Lex Luthor, Pete P- Ross,
1: and Clo- Master Wayne. I have been a student of many mystical practitioners who have outlined complex and sometimes over the top mystical events. Events that seem to have absolutely nothing in common until they do. They are coincidences of importance, tied together not by the will of some omnipotent god or some vast and insidious conspiracy, but by the thematic core of the story we forge from the mess of the past and call history. Otherwise you're just trying to ascribe a rudder to a rudderless universe. You say these two events are tied together. Now please, for the love of God, tell me, what ties these two events together, thematically? Because from the sound of it, you're trying to argue that the existence of Superman killed your parents. I'm going to head out and get some air. I think that would be wise. Through the ruins of a city stalked the ruin of a man.
2: Ah! Huh. You had me started, lad. Apologies. He was robbing a bank. And while I'm against banks on principle, I know who they punish if all the money was gone.
3: And why'd you bring him here, lad? Shouldn't he be in a cell?
2: And leave him to the mercy of the prison industrial complex? Or have his bloody face stamped beneath the jackboot of the GCPD? No thank you. Better to rehabilitate than to punish. Don't you think, Doctor... Wolfgang Baxter III.
3: So, what brings you to Gotham, Superman? A bit far away from Metropolis.
2: Well... Between you and me, there was a robbery in Metropolis. Someone stole a very interesting rock, and I tracked down the thief to the streets of Gotham. I was actually on his trail when I came across... I'm sorry, I didn't catch his name. Looks like a new one. I'll ask him who he is when the lad wakes up. At any rate, I think I'm very close to getting the rock.
3: I take it you already know the slippery fellow who stole it is?
2: Oh yes, he practically screamed who he was by leaving a mess.
3: Well, that's Gotham for you. Always going loud when silence would have made things much easier.
2: That's the thing, though. His silence spoke louder than the mess. But I'm wasting your time when you have a patient waiting for you.
3: Note to self. Baxter is blown. Create a new Arkham identity when Superman is dealt with.
0: And then Superman slightly tapped the Clue Master on the shoulder, rendering him unconscious. He then carried him to Arkham, leaping over each tall building in a single bound, before heading off to... ...somewhere. Hmm. Do you want me to be honest? I always respect your opinion. I don't see the problem of Superman. Well, you're wrong. I feel like I would be a hypocrite if I sided against him. He's very much like the Batman.
3: You say that like it's a good thing.
0: Both work outside the system to uproot corruption and cruelty from the world. They both have an air for the theatrical. Look at what happened with Glen Morgan of a suicide slum. Hell, look at the Clue Master. I honestly don't see anything that separates the two beyond aesthetics.
3: The difference is that Superman sent him straight to Arkham,
0: while well, I would have taken him to you. God I am never going to get used to that. I was just about to light the signal. It seems Superman has been taking down several noted businessmen with loose ties to the Moroni crime family. Hmm.
3: Unsurprising. He works on little to no evidence, and then lucks out on being right. Yeah, because your detective work is always there when you find criminals. There's going to be a minor shootout between the Moronis and the remains of the Blake family on the corner of Finger and Robinson. They're under the leadership of a man named Sionis, and
0: he- Forgive me, but- It sounds like you won't be joining the fray.
3: There are some more pressing matters to attend to. I bet they are. Well. Huh.
2: So... This is a Batcave. Gotta say, I was kind of expecting something more Dracula than this minimalistic style. Hmm. Save critiques for later. Now where is... You know, if you're going to steal Kryptonite to trap me in a cage, Maybe put some in the cage?
1: Sadly, he was a bit indisposed.
2: Alfred Pennyworth? I must say, I'm not surprised noted impressionist, consulting detective, and member of the Blue Alchemist helped train Batman. Hell, I wouldn't have been surprised if you were
1: Batman. Sadly, my days of leaping across rooftops and punching people are long behind me. That said, I'm very open to impressions. I know Bruce
2: is Batman. The cave is under Wayne Manor. All the tax records for the equipment and technology tie back to various Wayne Industries subsidiaries, and he sounds exactly
1: like Bruce Wayne. Where is he? Tenement Fire on 76 Hamilton Road. He spent the five months preparing for the eventuality that he might have to fight you specifically. Lord knows how long he was preparing to fight the hero from Smallville. He felt he was ready. It's clear from what I've seen of you that he wasn't. But then. Neither are you. Excuse me? You may be capable of defeating Batman on a physical level, but Batman would never stop. No matter how hard you hit him, he would always come back up. There is one way you could keep him down for good, but you're not ready for that. No, I'm not. But that's the only way such a fight could possibly end. Now you're a good lad who means well. You see the world is on fire and there are people who are suffering you want to put out the fires and get the people to safety?
2: (laughs) Heh. I do wear my heart on my sleeve.
3: Alfred, there's still people in the building. I may be
2: here for another hour. It sounds like you can use a helping hand. I don't need your help. You sure? The three people in apartment 41B and your lungs say otherwise.
3: I've got this.
1: I think you should accept the man's help.
3: Just this once, then never again. Can you get into 31B?
2: Practically halfway there.
3: Are you flying?
2: Of course not. I'm just leaping with style. I need you to grab a hold of the
3: ceiling. Can you see the jack feather?
2: Yeah. fathers are holding their sons I need you to break the floor
3: around them then get them out by the window you came in through
2: Thank, Thank you, you Superman! Thank you, Superman! Thank you, Superman! Why did you do it? I... Not that. Not the trap. I've had all the must-there-be-a-Superman arguments before, and I don't need to do them again. I mean the other thing. The fire. I can hear all the people you saving. the child crying in your arms. Jonathan Johnson. The old man trying to get the family album from the fire? Stephen Morrison. The girl who tried to save his sister's cat? Mary Jane Parker. You saved them all? Why? You know why. I know why I do it. I don't know why you do it.
3: My father was a doctor. Every day he would go into the clinic and treat countless patients. Near the end of his life, there was a disease going around. A deadly disease. The death toll was higher than it should have been. So many things that were causing the toll to just get higher and higher. Stupid, avoidable things. He couldn't cure the disease. But that wasn't his job. It was his job to make people better. I hope to live up to that someday.
2: (laughs) Heh. I think that's a dream worth living up to. You know, for a cop. Mm. I won't be in your city for much longer. Probably gonna leave right now. Is there anything else you wanted to know? Wait, how
3: are you hurt by the kryptonite? It's not radioactive, not in the slightest. And yet, it's capable of bringing you immense pain. Even if it was radioactive, your reaction to it isn't how radiation works. You just magically stop being
2: affected by it once it is gone. Why? Sorry, that's something between me and my therapist. Hmm. Evening, Pete. How was Gotham? It was... interesting. I mean, I didn't end up fighting Batman, so that's a win. Ended up saving people from a fire instead. Clark, there's something I want- I think Lex was trying to set up a huge battle between us get us at each other's throats. He really needs to stop underestimating people's abilities. And while I don't think Batman could get into a fifth dimensional safe, Lex should have assumed that he could. Clark. Fortunately, cooler heads prevailed and- Clark! Why are your bags packed? I don't think this is gonna work out. (laughs) Wha- what? I don't feel comfortable in Metropolis, and we're not working. I feel like there's a wall between us, like we're going in different directions. I don't know how to put it into words. Just tell me what's bothering you. I've always been honest with you. Honest? You mean like when you spent years lying to Lana and I? How we knew what you were capable of, but you not only lied to us about it when we confronted you, but you then tried to gaslight us to make us not know what we knew. We forgave you because we were young and didn't know squat, but you didn't have the decency to say, I can run fast, fly, and lift a cow with one hand? No, you wanted to go about gallivanting the country, punching monsters in the face without us cramping your style. That, that's not what I do. Oh, really? Then what do heroes do to monsters, Clark? What do heroes do to monsters? Save them. Then save yourself. Damn. Mr. Blue, it's Clark. Are you available for? Me?
0: Huh.
3: You don't need to listen to that. A precaution, Alfred. Simply a precaution.
4: Hello, everyone. Uh, I am a geek for fun, and welcome again to one of these behind-the-scenes of Echoes of the Night interviews with the cast and crew. This time, in our first crossover episode with someone outside of the Gotham Circle, we had to go to the one and only Superman himself to talk to us about what went down in this episode and their approach to the character. The one, the only, real-life Superman, Jonathan Bell.
2: Hey, hey, thanks for having me on!
4: Anytime. This has been, uh, we've worked together on a couple other things, but this has definitely been the, I guess, most ambitious thing we've managed to have you on for. Um, and the first Batman-related thing. So, before we go too deep into The Last Son of Krypton, I want to ask you, what are your experiences with the character of Batman specifically, um, and this corner of the DC Universe?
1: Well,
2: Batman, like he's he's not even in my top five uh, superheroes, honestly. So it's always been like Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman, Batman versus Superman, you know. And I've always been a Superman fan. There are some super, uh, there are some Batman storylines that I like, but I'm not really a huge fan of the character. Although I do love the world's finest dynamic between the two of them.
4: Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's really strong here. Um, is we get to see the early days of that. We get to see kind of the butting of heads with two people who don't, who are two young guys who really don't seem to get along because they go about the, the hero thing in such different ways. What do you, um, given this is like a younger Superman, like just starting his career, he's in his in his early 20s, how do you feel about that version of the character, the one who can't fly yet? Does that appeal to you more or is that something you haven't had a chance to play with yet? Uh,
2: and- I don't think it appeals to me more because I think I I like Superman in the beginning um, because of the whole flight thing. Also, that's like one of the things that drew me to his character. But I think it will play out pretty well if he's not flying because um, he's got to learn how to make do with all of his other powers first, as as opposed to like quote unquote the easy way out with flying. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it should be some some pretty good uh, character development with how he ends up saving people or going places or doing things without flight
4: Mm -hmm, definitely and i think that's something where just going off from your performance with what i hear superman's one of those guys is because of his upbringing um that's what really shapes him he doesn't really learn on the job as much as batman did because batman kind of has that childhood trauma that drives him Whereas superman like you've said previously um has that kind of inherent kindness do you think that's something that Batman should learn more from? Or, or do you think they're almost, they balance each other out because one's so cynical and one's so hopeful?
2: Uh, I think it's a good balance between the two. You know, like, um, that's why I, like, I love the world's finest dynamic because you could tell that they get along and they're friends, but also they just have two totally different mindsets, even though they're trying to accomplish the same goal. So I think having them both on the opposite end of like the hope and optimistic um, hope and pessimism and one believes, you know, the best of things and the other one believes that like, you know, the worst of the people. So I think that dynamic actually plays really well as um, as like a uh, crime fighting duo.
4: Mm -hmm. Definitely, Um, especially almost you're kind of playing Superman, at least from the audience's perspective, because we've been back with Batman for the majority of these episodes. Superman almost takes the role of, like, the villain in this. Um, He's a force against Batman, which you see in a lot. Like, BVS kind of does the same thing. Dark Knight Returns. We're always pitting these two characters against each other. Um, But what I like about what Sean did, who... Sean Dillon is the writer of the script. What I like about what he did here, and I want to know your thoughts on this, is Superman is an antagonist for Batman, but he's someone that Batman needs to learn from. He's not, like, someone he has to beat. Like, Superman doesn't get beaten in this episode (laughs) he pretty much comes out on top uh how do you feel about that because normally it's superman who has to learn a lesson from batman
2: Uh, i think it's pretty pretty awesome how it's written and flipped that on on its head that way um but yeah i think showing a more of a i guess less prideful less vulnerable side to batman as somebody and especially with him being younger. Because, you know, he's the world's greatest detective, but he's he had to end up that way somehow. Mm-hmm. So for him to actually learn and be willing to learn about all the different aspects of Superman, different people, maybe like in the future, different members of the League, um, it shows a willingness to want to be the best at something.
4: Mm-hmm. Given a little bit more on your side of things now. Um, how has your experience been with acting and voice acting, uh, like, just in general for you?
2: Yeah, I don't really have experience with
4: that. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear, because you blew it out of the park, and I wanted to know, how was that like for you? Because for those who don't know, Jonathan is probably one of the most biggest Superman cosplayers out there. Like, don't undersell yourself, man. You are, you've gone viral multiple times, and deservedly so. But You're playing Superman in a very different way with with photography than you are here with audio. Um, How did you feel about that? Was was that a challenge?
2: It was pretty challenging. I mean, I I had to do a couple things more than once, you know, because once I hit record and, you know, you're like, okay, this is it's got to be right and and perfect and good. So it, it is a big difference when you have to read and convey emotion through your voice as opposed to conveying something on a physical aspect uh with photography so it is a bit different and a bit of a challenge but you know i love a good challenge and it can only help me get better with voice acting and acting in general
4: Mm -hmm. definitely and for your superman then your take on the character did you ever did you have any inspirations for it or were you specifically thinking about how can i make this the jonathan bell version of superman was there anything like that
2: uh, I I kind of wanted to have this kind of you know hopeful like nothing could kind of go bad. I'm still learning because he even though he's younger, he still has this I'm invulnerable type. You know he doesn't really know that much about well, I guess he was trying to find that much about Kryptonite and everything, but um, he still has this hasn't been beaten down by a bunch of villains yet. So we kind of want to bring this hopeful optimistic like way optimistic view of somebody that's just starting out wanting to make a difference in the world
4: Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of energy um a lot of people are feeling recently uh, and i think that's something that superman you'll see so many times and i'm sure you've seen the articles where like wb doesn't know how to make superman relevant um but that core idea you just touched on of the the guy who's got the kind of gumption to be like, no, I can make the world a better place, that, like, eternal optimism, that's irrelevant as you can get right now.
2: Yep, that really
4: is. And given all of that versus Batman, who's kind of going in a more cynical direction, um, as the actor for Superman, and we haven't spoke about any future plans, I'm just curious about where you think, where would you like to see that go with this version of Clark Kent, given we can kind of do everything and... I guess the the big elephant at the room at the end of this episode is this has been the first Superman in history that we revealed to be in a homosexual relationship with with Pete. Um, Did you have any thoughts about that, and where do you like to see stuff like that progress?
2: Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't really have any too deep thoughts with it. I mean, we're progressing as you know a culture in the comic book industry, so. You know, every every storyline is going to have different storylines, and I think it's awesome if, if that's an idea that you want to explore. Then, you know, it kind of in this day and age, it takes guts to, to pursue something that's not going that's like pretty much against canon. So, I think it's great that if you have an idea and want to make it work differently, then um, you're not afraid to try something different.
4: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that goes doubly just for you as well. Um... You're going out and being Superman in a way that most people aren't. They'll see Clark Kent and like, "Oh, classic Midwestern white farm boy." Uh, are you Val or something? It's like, no. You're very. St- said many times, you are just Clark Kent. Um, that takes a lot of guts.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, but you know, like I mean, like it. On the surface, I guess it would, but I mean, like to me, it's just me being me. So I guess to answer your question with the other thing too, it's like. To yourself, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal until somebody else tries to continually point it out to you how big of a deal it is.
4: Mm-hmm. Def, I, I think that's probably why you're playing Superman here. Cause that, that's <laughs> that's a Superman response. Is he's just doing his job. He's just being him. All of that's fantastic. Um, I guess then the only thing left to say is where can people find you, Jonathan?
2: People can find me on... Uh, if you go to Google or any social media, if you type in... Seattle Superman, or you could type in Jonathan Bell, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-B-E-L-L-E. You could find me on pretty much any social media platform.
4: All of the links for those will be in the description below. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to this, and we'll be back again next week with another episode and another behind-the-scenes interview at the end of the episode. Given all of that, let us know in the comments what you thought of the episode. Check out Jonathan, and as always... Have fun, geeks.